Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So one of my favorite topics, pursuing, can hardly wait to talk to you about this, George. Hey, you're listening to Foreplay Radio for couples and sex therapy with your host, myself, Lori Watson, sex therapist, and George Fowler, expert couples therapist. George and I are counselors, educators, authors, researchers, contributors, and leaders in our field with a collective 50 years of experience working with couples and sex therapy. We're grounded in the best and most scientific research from attachment theory with our emphasis on emotionally focused therapy. Using all we've learned from our clients, our work, and our own lives, we want to have this open, frank, and informative conversation about love and sex to help you and your partner keep it hot. So we're going to talk about my side of the fence today, which is fun. All right. Being a pursuer. I think one of the things I feel definitely as a pursuer is I've got hope. Sometimes I I know that it's not working, but I keep going because I just keep thinking, gosh, you know, if I keep going with this person, a patient even sometimes when I'm blowing it, or a friend, or my husband, or my kids. I've got three boys. Two of them are withdrawers. One of them is a pursuer, thank God. <laughs> he understands me. But, you know, I can keep going, yeah. right? But the hope is that they'll finally hear it. I'll say it every which way. Right. You know? I remember when my kids were in school, and they'd come to me, and they'd say, you know, I got a D. And I just had this routine right, to go through, like, I studied, I'd study, yeah. they'd say, what would you have happened if you'd studied an hour a day more? Sure. You know, no, I'd have still gotten maybe just to see what would have happened if you'd studied just two hours. You know, I'd just drive it home, this pursuing part that just would go for it and go for it and go for it until I got this reluctant, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love as you're talking <laughs> to me now, your hands are kind of <laughs> whacking into each other. It just shows that energy, right? that yeah. image I come up with. If you take a pursuer and you, you put the pursuer on a desert island and you put a withdrawer on a separate desert island, it's the same 
same desert islands. I'm going to get experience. eaten by the shark. Right? I'm going to swim over. You're going to try to swim. <laughs> well, this is, you don't even know where your other partner is. But again, how does a pursuer experience that island? It's distress. It's yelling. It's screaming. SOS. It's hell. It's hell throwing rocks, building fires. I mean, that energy is mobilizing. Yeah. Right? You withdraw, you put them on a desert island, and they're like, ah. I don't want to live here, but it's just, it's relaxing. It's calm. <laughs> it's a very different reality. They're going to watch the waves for a little Rots bit. Watch the waves, <laughs> count the stars. Meditate. Right. Yeah. Well, I just, I want to zoom out for a second because okay. I don't want to oversimplify it. I've never met a pursuer who at times doesn't withdraw. I've never met a withdrawer who doesn't sometimes pursue. Some that, of us are in more of one category than the other, but it's really true. important to get both of these worlds equally well. Right. My husband says... Yeah, you're a pursuer, and you always complain about having to initiate and all this stuff until you get a pursuing girlfriend, yeah. and then you're totally a withdrawer. That's a great – he's a wise man, your husband. I know. I have this one girlfriend who, whenever we go for walks, and we do it fairly frequently, she gets out her calendar at the end of the walk and says, okay, when are we going to walk again? <laughs> and I just feel this suffocation. I love her. I right. love talking to her. But I feel this suffocation, like, don't nail me down. I'm so busy. I mean, I do have that sense of withdrawing yeah. inside, too. Yeah, I think growing up in my family, you know, I had seven siblings, and my parents, some of them. Irish my Catholic. Dad, my mom I withdrew from. My dad I pursued. Some brothers I pursued. So, again, it depends on a relationship. Our moves might change, right? But just to be able to get the gist of what it's like for both, what it feels like to be suffocated and wanting to get away from the relationship. But today we're really trying to understand what is it like when you want more and you can't get it. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the world of a pursuer. As a reformed withdrawer, I've spent thousands and thousands of hours walking in the shoes of pursuers. So I feel Mm. like I finally get it. You do talk about us pretty well, I think. Well, thank you. So I, I think the main thing, Starting off, too, is appreciating the value of this pushing energy. Yeah. Pursuers tend to be the ones who want to initiate, repair, talk. They have more words. They can express their feelings. You know, this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. And as a therapist, I give a homework assignment, read George's Sacred Stress Chapter 1. Mm-hmm. They read the whole book. Of course they right? do. They highlight key sections. <laughs> And they're right. the ones asking for homework, yeah, right? Exactly. Tell, tell me what to do. They work so hard. They they're, do. And that's a great, great benefit to the relationship. So we want to start off with connecting with what's it like to work so hard and then get so little of the fruits for that work. Right. It's crazy. That's often it's a word pursuers will use. They feel crazy. Like yeah. they're doing all this work to be appreciated. They want their partner to say, hey, I'm pretty lucky to have you. And yet what they keep seeing is their partner walking away from them. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make sense of kind of what you're trying to get and you're getting precisely the opposite. It is so backwards. It, it, that's a great word, backwards. Because the harder they go for it, yep. the further away their partner goes. I, I think about it like South Pole magnets on a rod. One partner comes forward and it just bounces the other partner back. And it's it's hard to understand. They're full of love. They're full of wanting to be close. They want to have study breaks together. <laughs> what the heck yeah. is happening? Well, again, I think what they don't recognize, I, I, I want to meet them in this place where it feels unfair that they're trying so hard. And they're so creative. But they often don't see how good they are at pushing. So they mm, might ask. So true. They might push 
they might offer reassurance to their partner. They might offer advice. They might try to correct their partner. They might diagnose their partner. They might. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that they try to get their partner to change because it's their pushing mm-hmm. that they believe, like you said, if I can just get my son to listen, if he'll just hear what I'm saying, maybe the results will change the next time. Right. You know, so if he's not going to listen to me going through the front door, I'll go through the side door. If he locks that, I'll go through the basement. He don't like that, I'll go up to the you know ladder to the second floor. I mean, you're so resilient in how pursuers try to impact change. I mean, that's the word. I loved how you said hope. Right. They often come across as being critical and negative, demanding, pushing. But when you actually take that away, when pursuers stop pushing, they get depressed. Mm-hmm. Because the push is their hope that things are going to change. Yeah. It's their belief it's the somebody's finally going to listen. Exactly. Right. So that's the reframe we want to get with drawers listening, that they're not waking up choosing to be critical. Their criticism is just hope that things are going to change. And that's what they say, right? If I don't push, nothing's going to change. Right. If I stop telling my partner about how we could be closer, painting this picture that we could be better – then they're just going to go away. No, it's so it's so important. They're saying, just like a withdrawer, withdrawer is saying, I'm withdrawing in a hope you're going to calm down. Mm-hmm. That never really works. Even though it works for them in their own individual world, when you understand the pursuer, they're never going to calm down when you walk away from them. Mm-mm. Pursuers are doing the same thing. I'm talking and I'm pushing you in a hope you're going to listen. Mm-hmm. Telling the withdrawer they're failing doesn't motivate them to listen. It <laughs> motivates them to leave. Mm-hmm. And we laugh about this thing, but when you're caught up in it, it's really hard to see. And it, it's so hard, I think, as a pursuer to see like how you're pushing. Yes. I have a girlfriend who I love to death, and she's kind of always interpreting her husband. Well, you know, he really means this, or don't you mean this, honey, or something? And it, it's yes. very subtle. Exactly. Very subtle. And the guy barely talks because she's doing all the talking. And it's really hard to know whether or not he means that or not. You never know because she's talking for him. But I can see it just on the outside that it shuts him down yeah. further and further and further because this interpretation and this encouragement to say it better is is actually a push. Nice. I mean, that's subtle is almost harder to see. It reminds me of the opposite of subtle. One of the first couples I saw after 9-11, the wife came into my session and she said, George, I'm so happy to see you. I mean, it's just, this is, I've been waiting two weeks for this session. I don't know what to do. I can't get this man to, to talk. I've tried everything. I read Sue Johnson's book and nothing's working for this man. He comes from a German family. Nobody talks in his family. I come from an Italian family. We always talk. And, <laughs> and, you know, she went on like this at this pace for 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And her complaint is he doesn't talk. Right. I'm sitting back saying, how could this poor guy talk? You never shut up. Yeah. Right. I mean, at that end, she didn't even take a breath. Ex-wise. She must have been an Olympic athlete. But I mean, <laughs> it, again, it really, it drove home to me the importance of that energy. Because what would happen? Here's the key. What would happen if she didn't push and she didn't talk? Yeah. She'd give up. She'd feel helpless. Silence. Mm. Yeah. Silence. Oh, you mean and for the withdrawer, right? Right. No, for the pursuer, if they didn't do it. Like, just like a withdrawer we're trying to get, what would happen if they didn't go away? That's why they go away. To stay in it is so scary. The opposite for the pursuer. What would happen if they didn't push? That's the real fear. Their it's fear the silence. Nothing will change, right? Nothing will change. Nothing That's will change. That's the place of vulnerability. Yeah. What would happen if nothing changed? If you had to sit in your silence, if you were all alone? 
right? That's the desperate place that drives all this pushing. Yeah. And who sees that in a pursuer? Not their withdrawing partner. That's a problem. Their withdrawing partner feels relief. Right. You know, when the pursuer stops pushing. Yes. And what they don't recognize is once they walk away, all of that energy that the pursuer has that's being directed towards them in a critical, negative way now turns inward on the pursuer. Mm-hmm. Right? This is where I, pursuers start I need start too much. To, right? I, I am too much. Which What's is, I wrong think, with me? I think that's the message of childhood that you come away from as a pursuer, right? You were too much. You annoyed your parents. I mean, they're afraid of that replication. Somebody's going to turn around and tell me I'm too much. It's, it's almost unbearable to be told you're too much. I mean, to me, that's the definition of hell. They're cut off from human relationships and they turn and don't like themselves. And the tapes start playing, what's wrong with me? And just like my father said, I'm too much. I have bad timing. I can't. I mean, and it's a horror show and nobody even sees it. That's right. That's right. Not okay. Not okay. Let's come back and see it. All right. Hey, I want to thank you for your support and enthusiasm for George. We're having fun as we get to know each other and figure out our balance and working relationship. And we have an opportunity for you if you have sexual difficulties or if you're a therapist and you want to refer a patient. We have a three-hour intensive available with both of us if you are near New York City on December 2nd or if you can get there. If you would like to, the finest minds in couples and sex therapy focused on your partnership Email me and I'll give you the details on costs and requirements. Again, a three-hour intensive is available with both George and I doing co-therapy with you. Hey, I want to let you guys know all about George. He's written and contributed to several books, and I'd especially like to draw your attention to his book, Sacred Stress, a radically different approach to using life's challenges for positive change. His book is about a mission on how you adopt new strategies and turn stresses into a positive force in your life. And who among us doesn't live with a lot of stress these days? We'll keep you posted as to all he's doing. But George and other EFT therapists all around the country and the world hold couples retreats called Hold Me Tight, which is developed by Sue Johnson, and it helps secure your own relationship. If you'd like therapy with George, find him at georgefowler.com. We're back helping the pursuers. Right. You can just feel the heaviness of this place where you're working so hard to not be left alone and you keep finding yourself alone. Right. And the you said the silence of if I don't do this, then nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to change, and I'm going to feel horrible. And I'm going to feel like somehow or another I just needed too much. I have an example of I was working with a pursuer and – she had a fight with her husband. It was a horrible fight. And they went to bed not talking to each other, which was pretty horrible. Because the pursuers want to say, hey, let's stay up all night. If we don't sleep, we can at least get a chance. And her husband went to bed. And literally, they're laying next to each other. Her husband is snoring. right? Mm. And she's just up all night saying, I just, I got to do something different. And so the next day, she says, you know what? Today, I'm gonna be, it's going to be a positive day. Mm-hmm. So her husband gets up and she's laying in bed and she does some meditation, some centering <laughs> prayer, and she's trying to ground herself and she smells coffee and she says, oh, look, I'm going to be rewarded. My day's starting off good. My <laughs> husband made me coffee. Look, we turned it around and she gets up into the kitchen 
and the husband had not made her coffee, just made himself some coffee. And she's of course. Like, and you know, what we know about the science today that re- rejection registers in the same part of the brain as physical pain. According to your brain, getting your partner kind of rejecting you or hurting you is like stepping on a nail. So that's like a little punch to the brain when she looks for coffee and hopes for it and doesn't get it. Yeah. Right? So he, then, he hasn't done anything different other than just getting up right. and making coffee. You don't know right? this is going on. Yeah, he has but, no idea. This whole fantasy is in her yeah. head of, you know, what's what would it be like? So she makes her own coffee. Then she goes into the refrigerator to get milk. Husband finished all the milk. There's no milk. So she's like, <laughs> all right, I'm just not going to let this stuff rattle me. Right. So then she goes to put a coffee cup in the sink. And there's his cup sitting like two feet away from the sink. Which like he didn't put into right, the dishwasher. He, now who's got to put it into the dishwasher? <laughs> right, of course. Right. So you can just feel these constant little things that just keep mounting. She goes into the bathroom. He's just walking out. He says, good morning, dear, and walks past her. Mm-hmm. She goes to jump in the shower. He had used all the hot water. So now she's in a freezing cold shower. Sure. So she's like sitting in that shower praying, please don't let the negativity get me. I said, yeah. she's at least. I'm not going to be critical. I'm, I'm not really critical. not. I'm right. committed. She's trying so hard. Today's my day. Critical. Today's my day. Right. right. So she gets out. She goes to grab a towel. There it is sitting on the floor, soaking wet. He had just used it. The last so, towel. The last towel. Now yeah. she has to use a towel. And it just, and then he comes back in to brush his teeth, and the dam just breaks. Yeah. And she's like, how could you do that? And she brings up the towel, the coffee, last week's fight, his mother, the whole laundry list comes out. You don't out. care about me. You don't care about me. And it's like, he looks at her. Like and he, she's lost her she's ever lunatic, living right? And he walks out. And what he has no idea is when he walks out, what is that like for her? She tried every fiber of her being to not be negative, and yet the environment set her up for the same story to play itself out again. And when he leaves now, she's got all of this kind of horrible tapes playing in her own brain. Yeah. I mean, it's complete abandonment. He didn't even listen to the huge anger that came his way. He's just like, she's hopeless, right? Yeah. She is too much. She She's, is too much. Right, I just got to get away from us. So we get his moves. But this week, we're really trying to understand the good reasons why she's in such distress. That when she needs somebody to come closer to help her make sense of this world, they constantly leave her alone. Yeah. It's, you know, we know what happens. You leave a baby alone that's flooded and dysregulated and crying, they're not going to do well. No. Right, but somehow we start to blame pursuers because they're anxious. Right, they're going to disintegrate. I mean, babies disintegrate essentially emotionally if they're left alone, and I think that's what happens to a pursuer. They, they dysregulate. They get worse. They it takes days sometimes to get. They do regulated again. They do the only adaptive thing they can do is they channel that anxiety and they try to influence the outcome so people don't keep sending them into this place Mm -hmm. and then they get blamed because they're anxious how could they not be anxious Mm -hmm. and they start to believe there's something wrong with them because they're anxious Mm -hmm. when they were just set up from this from the get-go so again i'm trying to give that message to pursuers that it's okay to be anxious that's a normal byproduct of all these misses yeah that if we can kind of increase the levels of success with them then they can be very different people right it's okay to feel anxious and to feel like you're going a little crazy when your partner walks off after they've used the last towel, the last drop of milk, didn't make you a cup of coffee. I mean, those seem petty, but I think in the world of the pursuer, all of those petty things add up. Cumulative. To, yeah, it's cumulative, exactly. Over time, we, we just saw one little snippet of a morning. 
But this has been going on for 12 years. It's all up to them to do the housekeeping, pick up the dry cleaning, plan the menu, pick up the kids, you know, whatever. There's lots of things that they're left in. And this tiny little morning is just an example you and know, we they, usually they we look at the rejections as those moments when their partner walks away. But what we don't often understand with a pursuer is how many hundreds of other rejections. Like every time they hope their partner is going to initiate a conversation and they don't, then eventually oh, yeah. the pursuer oh, has oh, to bring wait, it wait, up. Wait, wait, wait. Say it again, George. Just say that again. I love that. I'm always thinking about there's the pre-fight, there's the fight, and then there's the post-fight. Uh-huh. We keep fighting, focusing on the fight, and that's where the pursuer gets rejected. No, they're rejected throughout the whole process. Before yeah. the fight happens, the pursuer is sitting back saying, it would really be nice if this time I withdraw or initiated the conversation. Why can't they just come home one time and say, let's talk about us. Let's talk about our relationship. They can learn how to do and, that. You know, my favorite example of yours is when you say, When the partner looks at their phone, hoping for a response from their withdrawing partner, every time they look at their phone, they feel rejected. Right. And then finally, when they can take it no more, they have to initiate the repair process to have a conversation. And most of the time, it's not good timing for the withdrawal. (laughs) Right, they want to Bad say, maybe timing. we could do this another time when you're blah, blah, blah. Another rejection, which exactly. probably leads to a fight. And now who's going to repair that most recent fight? Right, the pursuer. That's a lot of responsibility. It and is. we know on a physiological level, when you have that much responsibility, and ex- your, your body's going to get stuck on higher levels of anxiety. The baseline for pursuers, they have more anxiety in their nervous system because they constantly have this rejection. And then they're blamed because they have too much anxiety, mm-hmm. which exactly. is really pretty unfair. Exactly. I know my husband's favorite thing to say to me is in a fight, <laughs> but you're always anxious. <laughs> it's like I've stricken that word from my vocabulary. I never tell him anymore I'm anxious. <laughs> well, that's the, the, the stuck place for a pursuer is where would you rather be? Feeling kind of strong, trying to fix your partner, trying to motivate change. Or would you rather go to that more vulnerable place where you're left alone and you feel like less than and insecure, mm-hmm. right? It feels so and counterintuitive needy. to go to the needy place because then your fears might get confirmed. Why show these parts of myself? I'll just keep being strong and trying to change my partner. But what they don't recognize is every time they try to change their partner, their partner goes further away. That place inside of them grows, right? And what, what pursuers deserve I mean, the good news, if we know the fear, which is to be rejected, the opposite of that is what? Accepted. Accepted. It's to be yeah, wanted. Of course. Right? So it's, we're trying to get pursuers so, to go to these softer places, you know, because their pushing is really a plea for help. Mm-hmm. The withdrawal just doesn't hear that. Okay, but help me because, yes, of course they want to be accepted, but they can't accomplish that on their own. Right, so what do we tell the pursuer? How do we comfort them in this process while they're growing together and learning how to do this differently with their partner when nothing seems to work? Well, the pursuer needs to come from that view of self place instead of focusing on that partner. Okay. I could say to okay, you tell me what view I could say is. to you in an angry way, why didn't you come home tonight? Mm-hmm. Which is, as a withdrawer, you're going to hear his criticism and probably want to disengage. Absolutely. Or I can say to you, you know, when you don't come home, I start to go to a place that maybe you don't want me, that maybe I'm too much for you. Mm. Right? Even as you say that, it like just goes through me. 
Like it's so vulnerable to talk about need and fear and to talk about your anxiety at such a deeper level. Right. But don't you think in some ways people in the beginning, they're not regulated. Yeah. The withdrawer, is, it's going to be hard to hear that. They're going to still be familiar with the, critical, the criticalness of their partner. And they'll still say something like, but I'm not enough. No matter what I do, I had to work late, whatever. Well, the um, key shift, and you're right, you want your partner to earn the right for your vulnerability. You don't want to be reckless with it and just mm-hmm. throw it out there if your partner's going to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. But you, the pursuer needs to do this for themselves, regardless if their partner can respond or not. Yeah, they I need love to that. make room for their, these parts of themselves that they've been set up to feel this way, and they deserve responsiveness there. Mm-hmm. So even if, you, if I stand up to you and you can't hear it, there's still a lot of value for me knowing my own deeper truth, mm-hmm. that I do have have some fear of rejection because that has happened to me too much. I don't want to be alone. And I try to influence my outcome by trying to make sure you don't go away. You know, I often don't get the way I do that often does push you away. Mm-hmm. Right? We're going to help couples to see this. But right now, we really just want to get the world to pursue it, that they have good reasons for their pushing and their anxiety. And there's a lot of vulnerability underneath that never gets seen or spoken to. Yeah. And if they have the courage to go there, that's the first step. Then we're going to help the withdrawer learn how to find their way towards the pursuer. Mm-hmm. The good news here is vulnerability pulls our partner. When you love somebody and you see their vulnerability, it's like a magnet that Mm -hmm. just pulls you towards them. Absolutely. I I think that's kind of how I found my way in it. Uh Just personally, you know, was like pretty soon it was the vulnerability. It was stopping the criticism, but it was opening up to the vulnerability, saying, I love you, I need you, I want you rather than whatever critical words were coming out of you're not there, how come you have, you know, awesome. working late, all that kind of stuff. The heart of the pushing message is really a plea for help. Mm-hmm. If you can help pursuers get more to the, to the bid for I need help, a lot easier it is for the withdrawer to want to get it right and to come forward. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. Hi, Foreplay fam. The biggest support you can give us is sharing our podcast with a friend. You can Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.